too much of my young know, I want y'all to get free access to the beats. Peace and Black Power family. It's your brother, Professor Carl Tone Jones, and welcome to Office Hours. I am your brother, Professor Carl Tone Jones, and I'm normally joined by my co-host, Erica Tolba, but, you know, currently right now, man, Erica is um, dealing with a few things, so we're going to give Erica some time off, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm competing with my brother in the background because he wants some air time, too. Unfortunately, you know, he's not. it's not going to work out for him. So, you know, but I want y'all to make sure y'all share this broadcast. Right? Make sure y'all go see all the different, um, make sure y'all uh, check out. I'll be in Harlem this weekend, so make sure y'all check us out in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? We'll be at the Adam Clayton Powell Municipal Building, so make sure y'all check us out, the Adam Clayton Powell Municipal Building for the film festival. Uh, we will be there on the 31st. Not 31st, I'm sorry. Is it 31st? Yeah, I believe it is the 31st. Let me just double check the dates. Yes, sir. The 31st, we'll be there airing um, clips of the Independence Day Project at 6 p.m. So make sure you get there because there will be a Q&A session. We're only getting 45 minutes of um, airtime, family. So, you know, make sure y'all get to come down. And if you want to get a copy of the Independence Day Project, we will have copies on deck for a $20 donation. So make sure you get to show out in Harlem. Come through, see your brother if you're in New York. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was on the air earlier getting it in. And, um, excuse <laughs> me trying to uh make sure that um that that you know um we, we we spread this message around and we and we're very generous in terms of um delivering black empowerment to our people you know what i'm saying um, I, i'd like to give a shout out and thank you to um to my sister um delilah robin and uh, my brother akil parker for hosting me on their show this weekend if you didn't get a chance to check us out on sunday from one to three uh, Philly word was no phillycam.org. You know what I'm saying? Get a chance to go ahead and check that out. I'm pretty sure the podcast is available. Press my brother Kill, you know, live stream it so it's on his page. So go to Kill Park and check us out. We got to dig in deep about the Independence Day Project. Also, talk about a lot of issues going on in the community. Let me check out the chat room right now. So, my brother BF and Kuma's in the house. Peace and Black Power to your family. Wakusu, as we all know, we use the Wakusu's. Um, as I was saying, as our greeting, Wakusa means wake up, clean up, stand up, and is what how we get down as a family. You know, we utilize though the acronym, excuse me, because we're trying to you know uh, embody the message of our daily um, beloved uh, Malcolm X, El Shabazz. So we know when we speak and we greet each other, we greet each other with the term Wakusa, 
so that we understand that we're coming, you know, from a place of empowerment, but we're also coming from the idea that we're all works in process. So we need to wake up, clean up, and stand up as a people. All right. So let me go through the chat room. Oh, my sister Khadija Ward, peace and black power to you, Queen. All right. <clears throat> let me see who else is on here. Make sure you share this tonight, y'all, because tonight I'm trying to tell y'all, man, we're about to get into some real spill tonight. We're about to get into some real spill. Let me see. Uh, <clears throat> and I want to tell y'all, family, about um, one of the uh, main issues that we're having in the community. And I'm going to try to keep it brief. My apologies for the late start, by the way. I was messing around trying to, um, you know, work out with some new software. I was going to hit y'all with some some, some razzle-dazzle, you know, but I... You know the the we're gonna keep it to the orals tonight. You know what I'm saying we're just gonna hopefully bounce off the message. You did so. Um, and I said make sure you share this with all the people, all the family. I try to share it when the intro comes on, but sometimes I'm using, you know, um, all the technology at my disposal, so I'm not able to do all, do those things. But I definitely want you to um, make sure you go to the invite box and invite all your friends and family. Invite all the children. Make sure you get some young people in here so we can school them on some game about specifically what we're going to talk about tonight. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's ironic, though. You know, we have um, here in Philly, they um, just got a new football player. Um, not a new football player, but a player just signed as a free agent by the name of Michael Bennett. And um, as you all know, we boycotted the football season. Well, I didn't boycott it to abstain, you know, because um, I don't like to, to, to continue to feel entities that have shown me a great amount of disrespect. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, we were able to, you know, but, the, you know, the brother signed for the Eagles, signed with the Eagles. He wants to be part of that Super Bowl winning situation, whatever. But then there's a charge like two years old from a Super Bowl that happened in Houston. And supposedly um, he was indicted with a grand jury by a grand jury for supposedly now felony injury to the elderly. elderly. Now, I find this ironic that this charge came out and then less than two three days later you had the same situation well not the same situation but the um district attorney in louisiana decided that there was not enough evidence to file charges or to or to even go to a grand jury and create a grand jury to indict police officers for killing you know um alton sterling you know all the Sterling situation was caught on videotape. You know what I mean? Video cam. We can, you can see the whole encounter from the time they tackled him to the time they wrestled with the brother to the time they shot him. But yet and still was no evidence. I'm not saying this family to, 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 to say no justice, no peace, none of the other stuff. What I'm trying to say to you family is this is the system working the way it's supposed to work. And when the system works the way it's supposed to work, it's supposed to treat enemy combatants with extreme prejudice. That's why it's no crime to kill us. We've already been identified as black identity extremists. And see, but even for, the, for those of you who don't try to identify, who try to run and hide from this designation, it's too late. If you're just happy to be black or you're just happy to be happy, then you fall in the lines, you fall under the guidelines of black identity extremists. You can write off if you don't want to be black, you want to be identified as something else, you want a nationality, blah, blah, they don't give a fuck about none of that. If you identify with any type of nationhood and is not being part of the red, white, and blue, you and you have melanin, you, my friend, are a black identity extremist. You know what I'm saying? So we check out the chat. Wakusu beloveds. I see my brother Samaj, my brother IJ Tayamba, Harlem Liberation School is in the house. 
shot um, peace and black power to the family. You know, um, so make, like I said, family, make sure y'all share this share this show tonight because we're gonna get into some um, into the psychology of what's happening right now. You know, for a long time now, for about six or seven months, you really haven't seen too many um, pictures of black people getting killed, unarmed black people getting killed by police. You really hadn't seen too many stories that you know have um, that that's been flooding the headlines of major media. You know, um, you really hadn't seen too much of that until the last few weeks. All right. Now that doesn't mean it hasn't been happening. In fact, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. In fact, if you start looking up and start going back into you know local stories, news stories all around the country, un or, or, or um, brothers and sisters who have been killed, unarmed brothers and sisters have been killed all over the country at an alarming rate, more than even under Obama's reign. But see, when the media doesn't cover it, we don't pay attention to it. Now, here's the thing. In your box, in your inbox, specifically on Facebook for some strange reason, we'll see a lot of people talking about share this, make this go viral, and it'll be some heinous shit. There was... um. There was there, there's pictures of people getting bludgeoned to death, beaten beaten down by police, or just beaten up by white supremacy. You got images of black women getting just beat beat down by you know um, non-African entities, non-black entities. You know, just getting their asses whooped. You got brothers getting shot and killed. You got all these things. You even had a perverted picture, a, a perverted video going around with a uh, with a black man, on a black male, perverted black male having a baby give him fellatio. You know what I'm saying? People were putting that in your inbox and sharing it. That And it, and it is a certain type of psychology that creates that, that makes that okay for certain groups, for certain people. And that's when you've been conditioned with operant conditioning. Operant conditioning, and everybody needs to study that term. Operant conditioning is when you can control and manipulate the behaviors of a person or a group of individuals with a system by creating a system of, of rewards and punishments. All right, I'm saying it again. Operant conditioning is a system where you can create, you can you it's, it's about modifying behavior. You see, I'm a therapist, so I'm taught how to use this on children in order to get them to perform a certain way. All right, you get trained on this, but society speaking, you know. In terms of understanding with this, this goes way back to the Rockefeller Institute. This goes back to the Rockefeller Foundation. This goes back to the Tavistock Institute. Research all these terms, I'm telling you. The Tavistock Institute. Research what the Tavistock Institute is, family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Peace and Black Power with Kusu, Brother Patrick. I see you out there. So let me let me just give you a little head, a little um um let me just tell you, let me just show you a little bit about what I'm talking about with the opera conditioning family. All right, in the Tavistock Institute, the, the, the Tavistock Institute was in Europe, all right? But they had a um, brother and sister institutes all over, the, all over America and all over the world because you gotta understand, when you're dealing with the, um, the, the super powerful, the, those, those, those blue blood elite families, they're international. They're not landlocked to any particular country, any continent, any hemisphere. They're international and they all work together. So they created, the Rockefeller Foundation created the School Board of Education. If you, if you know, go research everything I tell you. Research, they created the School Board of Education. 
Now, in addition to creating that, they also created the School of Psychology. Why is this important? Because they created the School of Psychology, not so you can have or they can understand the, the functionality of the human mind, understand thinking patterns and things of that nature. No, much more nefarious agenda. They created the School of Psychology so that they can learn how to control masses of people so that they can learn how to manipulate the minds, learn how the mindset works so that people and large groups of populations are easier to control. They had several events, they had several experiments through this. And that's why I tell you about, um, you know, um, opera conditioning, you know what I'm saying? Because opera, opera conditioning was one of the main forms of science that they learned in terms of figuring out how, how we think and how to operate. And there was experiments like Pavlov's dog, you know, where they would ring the dinner bell and they would align that with food. So Pavlov, so they would notice that the dog would salivate when he started to hear the dinner bell because they associated with the food. Now, very important to understand that eventually they start ringing the dinner bell when they didn't give the dog food. And eventually what happened was the dog became desensitized to the dinner bell. So they would ring the dinner bell and the dog would be like, man, fuck that bell. You're not trying to feed me. Let me know you're trying to feed me. You know what I'm saying? But it got conditioned to be desensitized. And they learned that if you throw something in the people's face, at first they will be shocked. But eventually, you can create the conditions that will allow them to absorb those particular outcomes over and over and over again until they become desensitized to them. And then they themselves will share them and, 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 and play and, and, and pass it around, pass it around and pass it along. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's been happening to us as a community. They have been playing, placing in it, um, images in our face and in our psyche that have allowed for us to become complicit in their attempts, not just attempts, but successful attempts at purging us as a people. They have been moving on a purge for the last 40 years. And I'm being, being very generous about this. Ever since the implementation of Planned Parenthood into the communities, they have been on a war path trying, trying, trying to create situations where they not only control our populations, but they make us mindless drones, where they make it where and they desensitize us to, to the mindlessness of it. They 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 flood our flooded our communities with drugs and guns, you know, and then took all the jobs and factory jobs where, and made it where drugs and guns and, and all sorts of you know um uh, uh criminal activity was the only way people could actually afford to take care of their families eventually it led to all sorts of predatory behaviors as well because you know they were able to infuse their part that European mindset onto us in our communities. So um, I said, family, make sure y'all share this because it's about to get deeper. It's about to get deeper. So let me tell you how they're getting us complicit. How they how they're getting us complicit with our own destruction because they have desensitized us to the images of seeing black people getting bludgeoned, black people bleeding, black people losing their lives. They have desensitized us. So all of those different things, they have literally made it where we are now broadcasting them killing us. And you see the images over and over and over again. They play them back and forth. 
We're trying to do lectures around it. We're trying to do documentaries around it. They have made it so cool that, and, and you gotta understand the psychology of it. Why is it that they don't celebrate the death of George Washington? Why is it they don't celebrate the death of, they, they, well, they celebrate the death of Abraham Lincoln. They want you to know about that. But why don't they talk about all these other, Thomas Jefferson, what day did he die? Does anybody know? You know what I'm saying? Ronald Reagan, does anybody know the so-called greatest president of this generation? Does anybody know when he died? Nobody knows those days because they don't want you to think about them in that light. They don't want you to think about them in that light. But they want you to think about the, the prominent black people that died. They want you to memorialize Martin Luther King the day he died. They want you to memorialize Malcolm X from the day he died. How come they don't ever talk about the day Marcus Garvey died? Because they didn't get a chance to kill Marcus Garvey. You see, they try to they, they plant those images in your mind, and now they're doing it on a smaller level. Now they're doing it with regular common folk that get caught up, and you get people memorializing this every day. Let's celebrate the life of this person. No, you're celebrating the death of this person. See how they get us to get complicit in this? And now we become okay with our own death. And they make it okay. So when they kill us and we kill us, it don't really matter. Because we are already complicit in the culture of death that they have been imposing on us. So, so what do we have to do? How, how do we want faith deal with this family? Because we start, we still share those images. They get us, they got us sharing those images. They even got us sharing images of modern day slavery in Libya. Why do you think they're showing you this? Libya has been in enslavement for the last two or three years. Why do you think all of a sudden now they're showing you and releasing these images? It's because they want you to be comfortable with it. It's called predictive programming. They want you to be comfortable with it. So they ever invoked slavery again here in America. They ever found a way to have us in bondage here in America, anywhere else in the so-called free world, free world, we're already predisposed to accepting. You got to understand the power of the subconscious mind. The power of the subconscious mind is 200 times more powerful than the conscious mind. The subconscious mind tells the conscious mind how to function and flow and move. And this is why we have to be careful of the images we take in. This is why we were so hard. Those of us who understood the power of imagery, this is why we came so hard at people when they just said, watch Black Panther and enjoy it. It's just a movie. No, everything is propaganda. They're selling you on something. They sold you on the fact that Africans didn't get along with other Africans and how without, without resources from other Africans that could have freed them. And as well as Africans, thought as Black Americans who happen to be Africans of America, you know, as enemies, monsters, this, that, and the other. You know what I'm saying? And, and create that. And now they have a civil war going on within the community when the enemy gets to dance, trip, walk, and move around, waltz through us, point us in other directions, every other direction except their own, when we turn when we determine who the real enemy is. See, they have got us to believe that we are each other's enemy. That's how slick this white supremacist is. This devil is. And we keep falling for it. Family, I put out a video earlier saying that I'm not, we're not waiting for nobody else. We're not, we're not recruiting. Now, if you happen to see and like what we're doing, and you say, you know what, these brothers and sisters are on to something, let me see how we can be a part of it, that's cool. But if you're one of those people who's flagging you and this, that, and the other, who are dismissive, who knows what's going on, but too cowardly to step away from you know what you've gotten used to, you know, this plantation, the safety net of the plantation. And, and therefore, you think that you're going to be one of the ones spared when they come through with their reckoning? No, it's going to be hard for y'all to find a place to breathe in a while because they're already systemically eliminating the black middle class. There's not going to be too many places for y'all to hide. 
there's not going to be places for y'all to get resources. And then, and then how are you going to come to people who don't have resources and ask them to help you when, when you had resources, you said fucked up. See, they've already gotten us in a civil war within each other. You dig me? You know what I'm saying? They already have us in a war with each other. And they already have us convinced that we can't work together. They already have us convinced that we're better off dead. You know, they even have us defending them. Brother and sister get shot by the cops. Well, what were they doing? How did they, if they, if they would have just shut up, they would have said, but yet and still, you got white supremacists running around with AR-15s, M-16s, and all sorts of machine guns in and out of schools, full body armor, and nobody, they're able to come out peacefully. Let me go back to something I said earlier. Recognize family when you're in war. When you're in war, you protect your citizens. Their lives have value. So you make sure to take every method, every step to make sure that you can salvage a little bit of humanity in them. But when you're dealing with an enemy combatant, your enemy combatant is the first to be dealt with with extreme prejudice. And if they survive that encounter, then we might pull them in. And that's why they don't get arrested for killing us. That's why they don't go to jail. Because at war, they're perfectly, it's perfectly legal for them to assassinate us, to kill us, to destroy us in every way, shape, or form. It's perfectly okay. You see, family, you got to start seeing the world for what it is. We got to take off these childish glasses, these Mickey Mouse glasses, and start looking through the lens of an adult, looking through the lens of a, an empowered African. And for those of you who have this thing where you say Africans in a diaspora, they don't fuck with us and we shouldn't fuck with them, kill that noise. Every one of us has been endowed, indulged with and, and, and endowed with colonialism. Every aspect of the black community has been indulged with colonialism. That's another game, the operant conditioning. They don't fuck with us, we don't fuck with them. No, you wanna be really real, I can show you how here in Philly, you got blocks that don't fuck with each other. Should we stop messing with them too? You can go to South Philly right now and if you're from 26th Street, you walk down to 29th Street, you might get killed. And I'm not joking about that. You go from 17th Street to 21st Street, you have to walk through three different areas where the cats on that block, they might kill you for being in the wrong place. Same thing in North Philly, same thing in Uptown. So, so, so basically understand, we even practice that same tribalism on lower levels. You know what I'm saying? So we have to start getting ourselves on code and understanding the psychology of how they're getting us to divide and conquer. They create the conditions, they create the environment and allow for us to, to function in what this called this mouse utopia. Research mouse utopia and then research what they did with St. Louis and the housing projects there. I keep telling y'all, but the same thing over and over again. You want to understand the condition of black people in America and why black people seem to be in that mental malaise where, they, where they're conditioned to act a certain way? Watch the Stanford, the, um, Stanford prison experiment. Watch the Stanford prison experiment. Designed to go for 10 days, they only lasted five days in a makeshift prison where everybody involved in the experiment knew all of the variables. They knew who the security guards were, they knew who the prisoners were, they knew they were in a basement in the building at Stanford University, they knew that everybody were actors and volunteers, everybody was getting paid $15 a day, they knew all those different things. They knew the guards couldn't touch them, yet and still. People were going clinically insane 
There was abuses that were criminal taking place that challenged the worst military prisons in the country, in the world. Challenged the, the, the prison of Guantanamo Bay and all those different places. Challenged it in five days. And this is supposed to be the most elite thinking white folk, all right? This, this is the brightest of the bright, according to them. Stanford, Stanford University, 1971. So, so when you see that and you understand that, understand family, when they can create the conditions of your community, when you don't know the variables, they can create all the potential outcomes. I keep telling y'all, read that book, The Path of Least Resistance by Robert Fritz. I don't give a fuck if he was a European author. The book in it has freedom for you, freedom of thought, freedom of mind, understanding how to create, you know, using creative lens and using your, you know, creative tension to, to develop a way to think outside of the box. Read, get the information and utilize it the best you can. How do you think we're able to bring up a concept of the Independence Day Project by thinking outside of the box, using our creative lens, refusing to walk down the path of least resistance, refusing to say, I'm going to go into college and get this beautiful education, and then I'm going to work in the white man's world and for 40 years. I'm going to get my silver watch and my retirement fund at the end of the day, and I'm going to live off my retirement fund, my 401k, and my, and my Social Security benefits, which are drying up by the day. And, and then the people found out that their 401ks weren't guaranteed. And all of a sudden, all this dependence you put on the white man system has left you in tremendous debt because that college education that you wouldn't buy, that, that you wouldn't be out a loan for, wasn't paid for. I'll get you again. Think outside the box. The man, the white man will never give you the tools to take down his own house. He'll never supply you with the tools to destroy the house of enslavement there, the house of bondage he's created for you. So we got to recognize that when they have these experiments and they're doing social experiments with us, there's potential outcomes that they're looking for. And this particular one right now, they are purging us. They even fucking showed you in a movie called The Purge. And if you didn't understand it after the first purge, when they have the, you know, um, the slave patrol out there chasing the black man who was on the Underground Railroad and made it into his white family's house. They came out and told you on the second one. Now we're going to under we're going to these neighborhoods. And we're getting rid of undesirables. That's what that's what the purge is for. It's not for people to, to 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 get all the aggression out, to get all the anguish out, commit all the crime for a twelve-hour period. No, it was to create a condition that legalized it, that made it you complicit with your own destruction. And then the third one came out where they said, listen, this, this cleansing program is going really well. All we need is one more year to purge, one more election to see this thing through. And we can pretty much create the society we've been waiting for. Get rid of all the undesirables. While we have these rich dignitaries hauled up in places where they're safe and they got armed guards to make sure you can't come in there and purge them. See how it works? They're fucking telling you what they're doing to you. And we're still complicit and we're okay. So we have to start changing the, changing the outcomes, family. First and foremost, don't share any more of those videos. You notice you never see any videos when they have these mass shootings in these schools with all these white people. You never see any footage 
You never see any carnage. You never see any bodies of them getting killed. You never see any of that. They'll show you like with Eric Klebold and another lunatic that went up and down Columbine. They'll show you them running up and down the halls with the guns, but they'll never show you killing. They'll never show them killing anybody. You know why? Because they don't want you to get comfortable with seeing the images of dead white bodies, particularly white children. They don't want people to get comfortable with seeing that. They don't want people to get comfortable. They don't want white folk to get comfortable with seeing that. They damn sure don't want black folk to get comfortable with seeing that. They don't want you to see that. That's why when they had that concert out there in Las Vegas, people were like, it's a hoax. We don't see any dead bodies. We're all the ambulances. Guess what? They showed up with their badges and they said, get that shit out of here. We're not showing you nothing. We're not allowing you access to that footage. We're not even going to allow your camera crews to come in and shoot none of that. You got to understand, fam. They set us up. <laughs> they set us up because they get us comfortable with seeing that we want to see. We fiend for that shit. They already know they're dealing with a defeated people. And black folk, if you don't think you're defeated, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know where you are if you don't understand that. And once you understand that, then we can regroup. Because once you recognize we've been defeated, you understand that we've been at war. And then we can start regrouping. And then we can start pulling these important pieces together. My brother Shaka Shakur, shout out to my brother Shaka Shakur, did a wonderful um, live today where he broke down. Um, and if you want, you want to find him on my page, look at the African nations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, exactly, Brother IJ. World hip world hip hop politics. You know what I'm saying? Um, go into you know African nations. Find a brother by the name of African Nations on my page and check out his live today where he utilized pieces of the chessboard to show you how the different pieces of the community are supposed to work together in conjunction. When you're talking about nationhood, we have the military branches and all the different military branches working in unison and come and working together and building. How you have maybe the 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 the, the, the media branch pop. You know, the missionaries, the people that's out there sharing the messages, where you have all those people together working and building, and then how you have more collaboration, and how you have the think tanks over here, this and the other. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And I think we need to start taking into account that mentality, first of all, from a military perspective, and then from an organizational perspective. We need to be organized. No more of this chasing ambulances. Yeah, they're going to kill and they're going to kill more until we change our behavior. Dr. Claude Anderson said it best. We are not behaving properly. We are not behaving like a people at war. Ambulance chasing when you know something bad is possibly going to happen is ridiculous at this point. The reason why you got the situations where they can still kill us and they can still shoot us and they can still hunt us down is because we're not behaving properly as a people. You don't see them hunting down Asians. There was just an Asian in um in Chinatown this week, a few days ago. This motherfucker's running around stabbing people. Chinatown here in Philadelphia. You didn't see no cops running out there. You didn't see any him getting beaten down this down there. They arrested that man. Well, they put an APB out on him. <laughs> but there wasn't no point where they want to they know this man running around with a knife. They ain't trying to kill his ass. But they know that they'll they have to issue. They lynched in the 20s. They lynched an Italian in the South. And the American government had to apologize to Italy because Italy was about to go to fucking war. That's how nations respond. Organized, they sent their dip, they dip, the diplomats to America, says, y'all let this shit happen on your watch. What are y'all going to do? What's happening? They, they offered an official uh, an apology. An official apology. 
to another because the other nation was about to bring some heat. Those are the types of things we have to say. We have to stop functioning from this position of weakness and complicity in terms of what they're giving us and they're stuffing their scraps. We got to stop functioning about functioning like that. We got to stop functioning like a people who are currently and who are comfortable with the demise of our community. We got to stop it. You know what I'm saying? And real quick, while I'm, while I'm on the air, um, make sure y'all go to the uh, link and, and check out blackindependence.org. That's my website. Check out the Independence Day Project. Make sure you grab a copy because that is political education 101. That is the manual, that is the manuscript for political education in regards to dealing with our situation currently. Everything in the Independence Day Project you see happening right now and today. Every issue we talk about addressing, and we talk about addressing those issues. We talk about fixing those issues. So one of the first things we're going to talk about today is fixing our mindset so that we're no longer pawns of the dominant society. So we're no longer pawns of white domination. So they no longer get us complicit. So from this day forward, please stop sharing those videos, family. All right? Learn from the lessons of Mamie Till. When she talked about how Emmett Till was, she, she didn't put the safeguards in place for her son. Learn from that. So you don't have to be the one out there crying, like Alton families, uh, Alton Sterling's family crying, praying to God, talking about they, they serve a vengeful God. But these white supremacists are walking around like, where the fuck is God at? You know what I'm saying? We don't, you don't, you trust me, you don't want to be that next family. Step forward, be proactive. Start learning about the organizations in your community and start joining those organizations about black empowerment, unapologetically, you know, speaking our truth and unapologetically talking about building a black nation. Start working towards that family. That's where we need to be added at. We have to be a part of the solution, family. We have to be a part of the solution. You can't sit around and wait and pretend that and, and I, I don't want to take it seriously today until it happens to you. The brother that got killed out in Sacramento, I take no joy in that brother dying. I take no joy in the pain that his family feels. But I also am not going to lose any sleep. Because I want to know what type of things, what type of projects they were working on. I want to know how they were working towards black empowerment. I want to know how they were working to prevent that very same thing from happening. I'm not saying we're all going to be successful, but it's time that we stop giving license and leverage to people who are not involved in the struggle. It's time that we stop giving our energy to it. I'm not telling everybody. I met Trayvon Martin's father. Beautiful man. Met the brother, talked to him, very humble. But I like I need to know where your I need to know where your militancy is before then. See, the reason why I can align with John Crawford's case. John Crawford III is because John Crawford Jr. was was a brother who was trying to reform politics so that black people would receive fair um, treatment under the jurisprudence system. I've talked to him, kind of conversed with him, built with him on several occasions. He's not only working on national situations, he's working on international relations. So I know he was involved before his son got killed in Beaver Creek, Ohio. I know he was involved. So I can feel more compassion for him. I can't feel compassion for people who whose family weren't involved, who were just cool with having a, a family barbecue and everybody getting pissy drunk 
and this, that, and the other, smoking all the weed, listening to all the, the Drake songs, telling you to just chill and fucking sleep all day. I can't do that. I'm sorry, fam. Yes, you can have that in your life, but at least you have to give something to the cause. You have to give something to the cause. You have to at least contribute to people who are building because they're building for your children. When you have children, you should be looking for uh, uh, safe haven and protections for your children. And it should look like you. You want your children to have an alternative to the streets? Then you need to invest in something. Invest personally, not waiting for no white folks to build it, not waiting for Superman to come and save the day. You need to be part of an investment group that invests in projects of black empowerment. And when I'm talking, I'm not talking about my brother's keeper, no government sanctioned shit. I'm talking about going straight to the grassroots organizations in your neighborhood. Say, listen, my name is Patty from the block and me and the sisters and all the other brothers, we decided that we were going to take up a collection because we like what y'all doing down here. And we want to make sure y'all have the resources for it. Do you need food? Do you need water? You know what I'm saying? What else do you need? Supplies? Because we see y'all out here working. And we want to make sure we have those things available to you so that you can work. Do you need a helping hand? Do you need it for us to cook while you're out there working so the children can come off on a break and have a nice little snack, a healthy snack? You know what I'm saying? Do can can while you're teaching um self-defense in the community, do you have any brochures we could pass out? Do you need copies made? I mean, it's little things, things you can do to support. You notice I didn't mention, I only mentioned money once. Your time, energy, and effort is more important than those things. Taking, taking, taking initiative to go into your community and, and build. Don't be complicit to the destruction. Don't be complicit to it. It's your neighborhood. How is it that we live in neighborhoods that are called ghettos and slums? White folk gentrify the neighborhood, and now all of a sudden, they're the next trendy place to live. They're the up-and-coming spot. They changed the name of the neighborhood, and now all of a sudden, the neighborhood is a destination. We've been living here the whole fucking time. Same block, same corner. They put a little paint on the wall, put a building here, there, and now all of a sudden, it's a destination. It's the mindset, family. They have gotten us used to seeing destruction amongst us. They've gotten us used to not trusting each other. They've gotten us used to not building and working with each other. And when they get us used to doing those things, family, they got us on they got us on par right now, family, with, with moving. And, and, and moving against each other. We learn a secret. We don't want to share it with nobody. Uh, you know, we want to keep it to ourselves. We don't want nobody, as if there's not enough pieces of the pie for us all to get in. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I can go by personal experiences, but I'm gonna go about public shit. If I learn that there's a resource that'll pay everybody $100, and it's unlimited. Or maybe it's capped off. Maybe a thousand people can get access to it. Shouldn't I tell my people? Or I'm just gonna go get my hundred dollars and keep it quiet. What type what type of fuck shit is that? But that's how they got us thinking. You get a deal on something. How much did it cost you to do this? Mm, fam. We fuck with each other. How much did it cost? If it's a certain price for you and a certain price for other people, I understand. Let me know. Let me know what I'm working with. The white folk don't keep secrets together. They have conventions. They keep the secret from you. They have conventions. They have plans. They even there was a program in place where they were literally 
giving grant money for, for white folks to come to certain designated neighborhoods. They would give them grant money to buy up in your neighborhoods. There's a foundation that they put together. Somebody paid it forward because they know that their generational wealth will accumulate and it'll eventually come back to them tenfold. Don't sit back and think, damn, this, this, that, and we go back to our regular way of functioning, family. Let me check. I'm, I'm just taking a break to see who's on um, who's online, and I want to make sure I want to make sure I'm not um, ignoring nobody or not, you know. Um, all right, I see one of the former students on board, Sister Christine, my brother Ron, peace and black power. I see y'all on. Um, I see y'all on YouTube. Yes, right, y'all. We're, we're streaming live on YouTube and on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Let me see what some of the comments are. So I'm going through the through the um, list of the comments, family, because I want to make sure we have this conversation, and it is a conversation, you know. Um, so I see we got a lot of family online. Um, shout out to my sister Carolyn Soto. Love you, baby girl. Um, my condolences are with you and your family. If you need anything, just call me. You know, sister suffered a uh, loss this week. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we just want another family's here to embrace it. You know, um, uh, Sister Khadija said, we've never seen the finance our own causes, which I find really infuriating. Every excuse and a million questions are used to not, not to give money to each other. That has to stop. You know, stop being collective with our money, people, please. Exactly. This is my sister from the UK. Brilliant book. Black Sterling. Black Sterling is like the written or is the written version of the Independence Day project. Make sure y'all get it, my sisters. Khadija, make sure you share the link so the people can get a copy of that book. Because that's that's like a uh, one of the one of the books that gives the breakdown, the psychological breakdown, and, and it talks about what I'm talking about right now, the psychological conditioning, the opera conditioning, BF Skinner. You know what I'm saying? You know, learn, go and research these Europeans and see what they did and look at where they did these experiments at. They did it all under the guise of eugenicists. I mean, eugenics. And all these eugenicists were out there in America and in Europe, you know, finding ways to systemically call the masses. Call, C-U-L-L, the masses. That means killing off the weak links, killing off the, 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 um, the undesirables. Thinning the herd is what they call it. And if you've seen the report, what was the report last week in Flint, Michigan, that the lead toxicity is even worse now than when it was first discovered? That's no secret. The, the crazy part is they're talking about coming back to this matter in a few months to address it. People are still bathing, cooking, and drinking that fucking water. People are still, you know, they had a, uh, they had a, um, a, about a Legionnaire's disease a few weeks ago, a few months ago, where almost 100 people died, or almost 100 people were infected, and over 12 people died. You know what I'm saying? They know how to kill us. And we're sitting back waiting for them to save it. Why would you wait for your killer to save you? If Charles Manson was coming, you if you needed to be rescued, and Charles Manson was walking down the street, would you trust that motherfucker to rescue you? You hanging off a cliff Two fingers, and Charles Manson is the one running up to you. You expect him to save you? Come on, family. We're better than that, right? We always brag about being the most intelligent people in the world until it comes with succumbing to white daddy and white mommy. Then all of a sudden, we become subjugated. See, we, we like to hide behind the fact they have an inferiority complex. 
but we have an inferiority complex too because we believe the shit they tell us about who we are they have convinced us they say you know what we're gonna whoop y'all asses and we're gonna keep whooping y'all asses every time you think you can beat us we're gonna whoop your ass again and we a lot of us have given up fighting a lot of us said fuck it if i'm i can't beat them join them they said no nah, you can't join us but you can hang outside for shit we throw out in the trash you eat that we have to start getting to the point where we say fuck them let's go hunt our own food let's chop down some 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 wood let's chop down some lumber and create our own schools let's build our own tables eat off our own tables build our own shop and get comfortable with it see i tell what we got to start doing I'm not telling you what we already do. You know what I'm saying? Because we are planting our own food. We are creating our own economic districts. We are creating our own apparatus connections and networks and things of that nature. We are creating pockets of political education around the country. We're already doing those things. This is just to educate you, family, to give you a tidbit on some of the things we talk about. We are talking about ways of changing the narrative. We all have those things, those projects in the works. And guess what, fam? We're doing it from the grassroots. We're not asking nobody permission for shit. We're just doing it. You don't need permission either. You just need empowerment. See, when you're free and empowered, you don't have to worry about saying shit that's going to get you fired. Because you realize if I get fired, I got the tools and the skills right here, tools and skills right here, right here, and most importantly, right here. I'm going to be all right. And you got to have that empowerment, that sense of empowerment with you, family. You got to be able to think, you got to be able to move because I'm telling you right now, they have conditioned us to be perfectly okay with our demise. When we see somebody getting hurt, we don't step in. I can't tell you how many times I've stepped to people. I've stopped brothers from hitting women. I've threatened brothers for hitting women. I told brothers what the consequences would be for hitting women. You know what I'm saying? And the people around me was like, yo, you need to chill. How the fuck am I supposed to chill when I see one of my sisters getting beat up? Hands on them. Cops jumping in on people, this, that, and the other. I'm running out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm literally on top of a, of a, of a stop where the police are, are, are threatening to, to yank people out of cars. And I'm there like, nah, y'all not, it's not gonna happen. I got it all on, I got the footage and everything. Y'all not gonna do that, not while I'm here. I'm not gonna sit back and allow for y'all to terrorize them. I literally stopped somebody from getting shot in front of my house two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, brother, high out of his mind. Big brother, I know him, everybody around here know him. Just to call the cop on because he was leaning on the car. Cops pulled up and they tried to grab the brother. The brother backed up. Now the brother was going through something. You can see his mind wasn't right. And the brother was trying to focus. He was frustrated. He balled his fist up and the cop reached for his gun and said, Stop balling your fist up, sir. Stop, stop being aggressive. Stop balling. Oh, ho, ho, yo, fam. I had came out of my house. I was waiting for a delivery. Y'all not going to shoot him in front of me. Do you know him? Yeah, I know him. But we just want, we, we just want to know. Y'all ain't going to take him nowhere. I'll take him home. I'll walk that brother home. I told the cops to leave. I'll walk that brother home. Y'all just talk this shit. 
And I don't even share these stories. I went to a fast food restaurant the other day. There was a homeless brother sitting outside the restaurant, asking for pennies. Well, brother, I'm about to go waste some food up in this bitch. Come on in here with me. What you want to eat? You sit at the table, bro. I'll go get your food for you. And here's some change. That's love, family. I'm not rich. But I can't stand to see another brother and sister suffer if I have the means to help them out, help them do something about it. That's why it hurts me when I see you suffer in silence. When you, and I watch you die every day. I watch you pretend like life is good. I watch you pretend like you got it all together. Knowing that in the snap, they can take all that shit from you. Because it ain't yours, it's theirs. They gave it to you. They can give it. They can take it away. They put it in the Bible, didn't they? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. They're your Lord's. Hell, they control all of this shit. And I see how we function about it. Walking on eggshells. That's why I said earlier today. I'm not walking on eggshells when it comes to telling these cowards that they're cowards. They fuck around. They don't do shit. And then when we correct them on things, we're too woke. We're overconscious. We're whole teppers and all other types of bullshit you want to say when you're talking shit to somebody. But yet and still, when they start seeing stuff, now all of a sudden they can cite statistics. They can cite five, 20 shots to kill this brother, 20 shots to kill that brother. Wait, who are you telling? The whole teppers? We were telling you they were going to shoot that motherfucker. We were telling you they were going to kill him. Who are you telling? Who were you warning? Or are you after the fact? Because when we were trying to tell you, you said, nah, you're getting in the way of me and my fun. That's when it comes to bite you in the ass. That's when you become black again. That's when all of a sudden you become unapologetic again. But you've been apologizing all this other time. See, family? We have to start cutting off the fat. I don't care if you get mad at me for calling you out. You deserve it for being a fucking coward. Because, yo, now you're going to raise up and get tough with me. But don't be tough with me when, when the real power walks in the room, you cuddle in the corner like a little bitch. <clears throat> I remember one time, I, think, I told this story a few, um, few times. I went to a store. These brothers were sizing me up like they was, like they was about to rob me. Next thing you know, another brother came in, followed by two police officers. The police officers went to those three brothers, started frisking them. Told them, get up, up on the wall. Brothers turned around, complied, tucked their motherfucking tails, yellow stripes start shining off their backs. One brother, he came in, said, I ain't with them, you ain't touching me. And I'm sitting there observing. And the brother looked at me, I looked at him. And he's like, brother, if you tell them, I said, listen, man, fuck that. Don't even show me ID, nothing. And we started rapping, going back and forth. And then I let the police officers know, y'all not going to keep, y'all not going to violate the brother. Now we stood down the police that day. Again, see, see this, see this, see this, see this pattern? And all of a sudden, then the young brothers that were sizing me up, the next time, the, the next words that came out, thank you, old head. Appreciate you, old head. I respect you, old head. 
because they got to see a win. They got to see you, you stand up to power. We need to start having more of that, family. You know what I'm saying? We need to start having more of that. We need to have more wins. We need to have less cowards. And we need to let less predators amongst ourselves. We keep being predatory amongst ourselves because we're afraid to put those skills together and to deal with the real predators. It's like if you're a rat and you're in a room, a boxed in room with a bunch of mice, all of a sudden you're the king of the room until a few cats come in that motherfucking room. Then all of a sudden you turn into the mice like, yo, we got to stick together. It don't work like that. You got to recognize that you're not the predator. You're being preyed upon. And they're using you just like the, the, the plantation lords use the overseers, the black overseers. And then you got privilege for doing wicked shit to black people just like they did, just like Sambo did in Uncle Tom's cabin. We got too many Sambos out here walking around with the chest sticking out. Once again, they've conditioned us to be complicit in our own purge. And they're selling us on the propaganda. So we got to get out of that, family. We got to start modeling the right behavior. Stop selling those. Stop showing those videos. Get off that world star bullshit. Stop showing each other fighting like cats and dogs. Stop supporting the Jerry Springer mindset. Stop supporting the whole idea, the, the baby dad, baby daddy, baby mama drama bullshit. Stop with all the different things and tools and methods they've used for divide and conquer to keep us apart. Shut it down. Go cold turkey. You have to divorce yourself from the systems. You have to divorce yourself from the patterns, the rituals, the customs, and the traditions of white supremacy. Family. We don't have nobody else. But we don't need anybody else. I said earlier, less than 1% of the conscious community, I wasn't talking about the black community, of the conscious community, wants to be free. You can tell by the rhetoric, you can tell by the language, and you can tell by the demands. If all you want to do is be a person who is causing friction, if all you want to do is be a person who is causing irritation, if all you're talking about is system reforms, then you still want to be an integrationist to some level in some form. You still think this system can work with some tweaks here and there. You can't, we can't bang with you. Our initiatives are different. I want to be free of this fucking system. I want to be in a place where we don't have to deal with these motherfuckers. I want to be a place when, when they deal with us, they know if they fuck with us wrong, it's going to be a consequence. I'm not going to say what that consequence is, but you can use your imagination. I'll tell you like this. If anything happens to me, don't pray for me. 
Don't do no weak shit talking about God is going to get them. You burn this motherfucker down. You go to their neighborhoods, you go to the ones they want to build. And you tear that shit out the fucking frame if something happens to me. Now be clear, that's not a threat. I'm just saying, that's my dying wish if something were to happen to me at the hands of the white supremacists. Don't let them fool you into taking a moral standard. Don't let them fool you into taking the moral high road because they'll recite Martin Luther King, but they don't want to remind you. Know, they don't like being reminded that they killed Martin Luther King and there was nothing moral about that shit. They killed Mecca Evans. And there was nothing moral about that shit. They blew up that tap. They blew up that motherfucking church and killed those four girls. And there was nothing moral about that shit. Recognizing that you're at war, family. Recognizing that, that they have declared war on you, on us, family. And start acting like the people who are on the battlefield. And stop treating the battlefield like you can draw hopscotch lines and boxes and shit and play patty cake and jacks all motherfucking day. Can't do it. Can't do it. We have to be clear. We want peace. But I was watching the elder earlier today. This elder said something, you know, something, something, something um, brilliant. He said, in order to give peace, you must receive peace. And in order to receive peace, you must give peace. How can you be at peace when you're at war? How can you be at peace when you're under siege? You can't even really fucking sleep at night. How can you be at peace when they got the guns on you? You can't. How can you be a peace family when you know at any given day, any given moment, they can punch your motherfucking ticket and nothing will be done about it? See, that's power. We need power, but we can only get it collectively. Let me know when you're ready. So let me go down. I'm going down the, the line again. You know what I'm saying? I'm going down the list again to see what the comments are. I'm going through them to scroll through. Um, all right, Sister Mary Sunshine, what's good, my sister out there in Mississippi, uh, Memphis? Uh, she stated, just sitting here watching you, how much we, how much, it lets me know how much work we have to do. It really pisses the fuck off, it pisses me the fuck off if we have to click any, um, and oh, excuse me, any of these face and makeup tutorials. Hold on. Done by no. women or gay men. The views are in thousands or millions. With black folk looking like a uh, black folk looking, congratulating, liking, and loving. But talk about saving our negro our lives, and Negroes don't want no parts. That's right. They don't want no parts of this. They want to pretend like this shit ain't happening. Somebody somewhere right now tossing up a Heineken, laughing their ass off, talking about look at these niggas. Sister Khadija said again, when we become organized and control our own communities, the police brutality will diminish. It happened in Malcolm X's time, it can happen again. Well, yeah. And let's not forget that how complicit the police were in killing Brother Malcolm, but you're absolutely right. When we when we control our neighborhoods and we control our communities, 
they 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 stepped down. And then we even had it further. You know, you even had our branch of organized resistance, or you want to call it organized crime. Call it what you want. And there were times where they were the ones who protected the community. Let's not forget the origins of gangs were not to have beef and sell drugs and have drive-bys and kill each other. The origins of most gangs throughout the country were to protect the community from police brutality and police terrorism. So they formed gangs. Let's not forget, you know, Martin Luther King. You know, my brother IJ broke that down a few days ago. I mean, check that video out. But Dr. King had art resistance, pistols on the chair, you know, just in case somebody got froggy. You know, um, let me see who else we got. My sister, hey, what's going on, Gibby? My sister Carrie Johnson Gibson. Yeah, you always been a stand-up brother, always helping other people. And you are rich, rich with dollars. Thank you, Queen. I appreciate you. Hope you're doing well, sister. Um, let me see. Peace and black power. Bakusu, sister Najib. I see you're out here. Sister Amanda Hill says, teach. Um, sister Khadija Ward said. Imagine if we had a million like you, King, we would be set. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I humbly, um, I'm humbled by that statement, sister. Um, I, I believe we do have a million. I just don't think they know it yet. I just don't think they know it yet. We got a lot of these young brothers and sisters that have not had an opportunity to be exposed to what we have to offer. And we need to show them. We need to give them some wins. And we're, we're going to show them some wins. We're going to show them because we're running out of time, family. They got plans. This is why they're flooding our communities with worse drugs. They were hoping that opioid epidemic would settle in our communities, but it didn't. Now they're trying to create safe havens in our neighborhoods for these junkies to go and get high. You know what I'm saying? They, they're trying to create hamster dams <laughs> like they did in the wild. You know what I'm saying? And we have to be on top of that and make sure because that's one way they can control and see and push because they're going to push these motherfuckers out of their neighborhoods and into yours, and then they're going to create those you know, and you know that shit can't be contained. You know that. And you know with those types of drugs, when people get desperate, they don't have access to the dad and bomb's purse. You know, they don't have access to dad's wallet. They're going to start hurting people. So let's make sure that we protect our communities from that too. You know what I'm saying? Sister Queen Lowe, what's good? Queen Lowe, it's Rukusu, sister. I'm going to go up and down and see. I think we have some more um, comments there. Let me see. Um, sister Christina. Um, Israel said, invest, we must help ourselves, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we must help ourselves. Sister Nikki, peace and power to you, Sister Nikki. She said, later on that day, not too far from where those girls got bombed, a couple of young boys were killed by a white gunman, and about five tires of five fires of black businesses were destroyed by white business, um, destroyed by whites. Yes, they go on a rampage. They have what's called race riots, which really means race massacres. That's what they went on. Shit, that shit, that thing that's happened 100 years ago, y'all, from 50 years ago, 46, 7 years ago, that happened like three years ago when they went down there and um, shot up that church in Charleston. Right after they shot the church in Charleston, four more churches got burned down in the same vicinity in the same week. They were finding bodies. They were finding bodies in Mississippi and Alabama with people who were lynched. Their bodies were covered in doused in acid. And they were just calling them unsolved murders, mysterious deaths. You know what I'm saying? 
people hanging from, they still got motherfuckers getting hung from trees. Call them suspicious deaths and suicides. All these dudes, all these black dudes dying outside of the houses of their white girlfriends and shit hanging from trees. Come on, family. Let's let's get real and let's understand the game. So I'm not gonna stay on here too much more, too much longer, family. You know what I'm saying? Because I gotta get get things together. You know what I mean? See, we already been on for about an hour and some change. Like I said, my apologies. I'm trying to work on some things technologically so we can make this look like a whole movie studio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I want to thank also, you know, um, I want to thank a few people. You know, um, I want to um, thank the 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 fan. I want to thank my students for one um, in the class that I teach here in Philly. And I want to thank them for. Um, you know, just their responses to to some of the things we've been talking about in terms of, you know, teaching the art of film right now. And uh, we're talking about the propaganda phases, how film has been used and we're going historically, showing historically how they were demonizing us and how they were utilizing um, the media and uh, how it elevated, how when, when it became film, it became easy for them to, to mark us and to create these, um, you know, the cognitive dissonance amongst us, you know, to create the social compliance amongst us and to, to, to actually create the conditions where they were able to legally terrorize us through images and make us, you know, um, complicit in it. So I'd like to thank them for, you know, allowing for me to teach those things. Because a lot of times I teach black students and black students say, you are too black for me. So I'm just glad that they're allowing for us to take, for, their, uh, for that to take place. Um, I see, oh, my brother Ro Davis is in the house with Kusu King. All right, <clears throat> remember, that's right. Oh, that's right, brother. I'm going to see you that picture tonight. We're going to be on the Roe Davis show tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to be broadcasting from my class. We're going to do the um, Roe Davis show um, next Tuesday night. So make sure y'all pay attention. Seven o'clock, it's going to be um, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock Central Time, Central Standard Time. So make sure y'all check that out, family. We're going to definitely be on the Roe Davis show, and we're going to be talking about um, the projects we're working on, the, the building, you know what I'm saying? Because we we are, you know, as our good brother and elder, Dr. Murphy out of Chicago, who works around, along with Brother Bro Davis, you know, he, felt, he says, we're not so much divided as we are disconnected. And once we start connecting the dots, which we have been doing, you will start to see the, the movement take a different form, a different shape. We're no longer going to be organizations, as my brother Shaka Sakur says, we're going to be nations. A nation, excuse me, and we're going to start nation building, utilizing these pieces of the puzzle, these pieces of the puzzle, and seeing how we all fit in, our particular talents, our particular skills, and how we can blend them together. Because you can't defeat a system unless you have a system in place that's strong enough to defeat that system. So we have to have a system to replace the system. So that's what we're building right now, family. So make sure you stay tuned to office hours. All right, every Friday, every uh, Wednesday. 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> normally. Today, we're about 10 minutes late. And also, family, make sure you check out the Independence Day Project. Go to blackindependence.org. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're in Philly, I will hand deliver your copy to you. You know what I'm saying? And if you're abroad, you will get your copy. I'm mailing my weekly. And if you're going to be in New York, if you're going to be in New York on Saturday, come check a brother out. I'm going to try to even squeeze in. I'm gonna try to sneak on the set of, um, you know, Sinetta, <laughs> Sinetta Studios out on 125th Street across the street from the Apollo Theater. So I'm gonna try to sneak on to that. You know what I'm saying? So be in Harlem this weekend. So check us out, family. 
And you know what, family? Let's make sure we start keeping each other safe. Let's start erasing and stuff, moving away from, you know, our, our complicitness uh, in terms of, you know, um, practicing that world star culture where we are, you know, enjoying watching our demise and we're replicating that and we're becoming, you know, uh, accustomed to seeing those things. And therefore, you know, we're no longer bothered by it. You know what I'm saying? We become desensitized to, to the violence and we become desensitized to seeing us die. Let's stop those things, family. We can do those things. Let's start being, let's start being better for our children. Let's start having enough courage to say, yeah, it might be a little scary at first. It was scary for me at first, hard to sleep at first, but now you see me empowered. You know why? Because I've looked my enemy in the eye and I ain't scared. I know who we're up against and I take them seriously. And because I take them seriously, I also know that they can be beaten. They can be beaten if we ever got serious. So with that said, family, you know, we're gonna break it down. We're gonna call it a night. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love you. I want you to always know everything I say is in love. I want you to also know that every time, you know, we speak and we talk and we build family, it's about the empowerment of the community. It's about what's best for the community. I'm not trying to cast my star in anybody's, you know, anybody's pavement or sidewalk. I'm trying to help build the cement, that foundational piece to make it where our people, you know what I'm saying, are getting the things they need. So with that said, family, yeah. Peace, love, as always. Black power. We will win. Kusu.